My name is David de Corbarrutia and I give you a very warm welcome to the episode of Body Emotion. Today, Emotional Shielding, Three Psychological Keys. The first measure to be free from a storm of irritation or from a extremely nervous situation is always the same. Keep in mind this right now. You are the owner of your mind and your thoughts. One of your goals in life, I truly suggest you, that is to have uh, a little effect on the reactions of others. And for this, you have to be really convinced of your value system. But I'm going to travel a little story. I'm going to, I'm going to travel now. I'm going to tell you a little story. We can travel together to the story. So let's travel. I'm going to tell you a story. So a man traveled to Chelm, which is, um, this is a city in Poland. And this man went to seek advice from a rabbino named Ben Kaddish. His name is a little bit like Indian, so I don't know why he went to Poland. But this, 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 this man was in, in Poland, in Chelm. And that was the wisest rabbino of the 19th century. The man asked, uh, rabbino, rabbin, where can I find peace? The religious rabbi said, look behind you. The man turned around and Rabbi Ben Kaddish hit him on the back of the head with a candle, with a candelabrum. After that, he continued saying, does that seem, is that enough for you? The moral of this uh, story is that the man had nothing better to do than go and upset the rabbin, walking around and not just going to upset the rabbin. This is why the rabbin hated him, because according with the Torah, which is a text that contains the law and the identity heritage of the Jewish people, hitting on, on someone is one of the most subtle methods of sowing interest. This story was written by Woody Allen and he tried to, expl to explain and express that uh, it's very important to have a sense of humor and surrealism as a tool to have a good ability to relate with others because we are so neurotic and the society is even more neurotic lately that it's important to know how to live with the neurosis of others and with the neuroses that we all have and in order to do that i'm going to tell you three psychological keys the first one flexibility mind flexibility if there is a seed that you must plant in your mental garden to improve your well-being to reverse and prevent pain psychosomatic pain this is flexibility why? Because mental rigidity is a direct source of anger. And this is going to be reflected on your body. Your muscles are going to get tense. You're going to be anxious. And that's going to make your muscles and your connective tissue to be really tight. And that's going to create pain. Or you're going to feel pain. That doesn't mean completely that if you think... Uh, very flexible, you're going to become extremely flexible like, like a yogi. No. But what it, what it means, and the, the main message is that a lot of time, anger is generated by situations in which the focus is excessively rigid. And because sometimes you have behaviors as ex excessively rigid, but that comes 
from the way of thinking because you think, you feel, you act, you behave. In fact, any emotion very often, such as anger, sadness, guilt, rage, frustration, is a message to you. It's a message to you to be more flexible in two specific things. In what you think about something in the present, in the past, or in the future. And in what you do, your behavior. So it's important to understand that sometimes it's important to understand that if you're feeling like that, it's maybe because you are you need to approach the situation in how you think and how you behave in a more flexible way. And not, not being rigid like this is how I do it and that's how I do it. Because you're gonna hit your head on the on, on the on the wall. I remember I remember seeing one day something really funny that it comes to my mind right it comes to my mind right now that it sometimes it was representing that sometimes our behavior when it's very rigid is like have you ever had the experience of, of a fly coming through the window and being on the on the room and, and the fly and the fly is is flying around and it's hit it wants to go outside and it's hitting against the window boom and one boom and two boom and three <laughs> so sometimes sometimes that's what happens with humans isn't it just next time you see the fly you're gonna remember this <laughs> Okay, so what I was what I was telling you is that, for example, a personal experience. I treat a lot of people with back pain, and I treat a lot of people. My main my main duty is to train people and in enhance biomechanics. And sometimes what I find very often, very often, is that when when I see someone's body and it's like very rigid, it's very tight, the hips, the an- the ankles, different structures in the body. Very often, very often is very related. It's very related with a rigid, rigid psychological structure or a very anxious person. How casual is that? It's like very casual. And I'm going to make a break here. What I'm telling you right now here, you, you, we need, we need, we need to, we need to think about it and individualize because sometimes, depending who you are. And how you are, you might need the opposite. Maybe you are extremely flexible because you are very agreeable. And what you need to do is to set up boundaries. Okay? But it's important, probably, if if you think flexible, if you think in a flexible way, you're going to realize that you need to set up boundaries. The second psychological key for this emotional shielding is gratitude and this is not something that it sounds like oh you have to be grateful and it's beautiful but cultivating gratitude is one of the most powerful actions actions action behavior do okay that's the key word that you can take living in this emotional state improves your life in a multifactorial way in different areas of your life and of course if you have pain it's gonna help you it's not going to solve it completely, but it's going to help you. For example, imagine you have back pain. Could not you focus that the fact, even though that you've been having back pain, one day, you know, you wake up with back pain, you can you cannot be thankful that maybe you have two legs to walk or two eyes to see with? Have you ever thought about that? Can you imagine if you could then be able to walk? If you could not see? Be grateful for that. Be grateful for that. 
for all the things. You just need to think about it. But it's interesting because there are some studies that have shown the frequent and daily gratitude reduce the, lef- the level of perception of pain. And it is true, on the contrary, that, for example, there are studies that they have not shown results. For example, in people with back pain, that's a study that I read when I was preparing this podcast. But if you stop thinking about it, like, where do you prefer to live? Do you prefer to live in a state of anger and resentful? Or do you prefer to live in gratitude? What, what do you feel better? What does it feel better? Being, being great and grateful? Probably like that. You feel better. And is that the, the same? I mean, sometimes it's, it is said that it's, it is well born to be grateful, but it's, it's really, really born grateful or can you be done? Well, of course, you can do that. You can do that with behaviors. You can do that with practice. Look, people who express and feel grateful or express gratitude have a greater volume of gray matter in the lower right temporal gyrus, which is one part of the brain. What is this? Pay attention because this is, this is interesting. I have a video on YouTube explaining not exactly this, but... Uh, there are, there are studies that indicate that people with chronic pain, they show a reduction in the activity between the amygdala and the gray matter, which are two areas on the brain. And they are very important for postural control and pain modulation. They are like the air traffic controllers of your posture and your pain. So does this mean that gratitude can help you to get rid of, of pain? Not completely. It's very strong to say yes. I know completely, but it can help. It can help because even physiologically, there are some reactions. You know, you have more gray matter when you are feeling grateful and that's modulated with pain and posture and other areas. But when we express gratitude and we receive the same, our brains release dopamine, serotonin. They are two crucial neurotransmitters responsible for our emotions. And they make us feel good. They improve our mood immediately. Now, making us feel happy inside of us. By consciously practicing gratitude every day, we can help these neural pathways to be stronger and ultimately create a permanent positive and grateful nature within ourselves. And it's important that you understand this because if you have pain or if you don't have pain or if you want to be out of pain, it's important that... One of the keys is to create new memories, new memories. And by being grateful and practicing this, you're going to create new memories because you're going to reinforce those neurological pathways. I'm going to tell you something personal, which is something that I do in this podcast very often, but it's not that personal, but uh, you can know me a little bit more. I normally practice gratitude. I don't do that every day, but I've been doing this for years and I do it, I do it every week. I do it uh, at least two, three days. But I, I, I do it and I really, I really write something that I feel grateful for. And I really, I really mean it. It's, long, it's not that I, I feel grateful for this. I think sometimes in things that happen on the day and it's like, you know what? I really feel grateful about this person telling me this. Or, and I try to think why I do feel grateful. Because that's how you reinforce that cognitive thinking. I feel grateful ah, because that person told me this or this person gave me this or took the time to, you know, whatever happened in your day. And that shapes how you're going to be on the next day quite a lot. The third emotional 
uh, key is conscious positive thinking. Conscious positive thinking. And this is important because normally this is not like a wishy-washy like saying, oh, I can do it. I am capable. Uh, not really. Not really because that's a little bit of bullshit. It's not going to work. Uh, but positive psychology focuses on, on three areas and th- the three phases of happiness. One, positive emotion. Two, the sense, the sense of, 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 of doing things, the sense of, uh, you know, of, of doing different, different things and the, um, the, the passion, the enthusiasm that you put into actions. And why does positive thinking help you physically, emotionally, and help you even to overcome pain? Well, and how can you be enhancing your health with this? I'm going to tell you a little story. We cannot go deep into this because it will take us a, a, a long time, but uh, I'm going to make a, a, an episode at some point about positive thinking going more deeper and we can cover different areas. But I'm going to tell you a story about a book that I read a while ago, which is from Martin Seligman, uh, which is uh, someone who has researched a lot in, in positive psychology. But this author was different. He was called Shelton Cohen and was the first person to investigate the influence of positive emotion on infectious diseases. And what this man was is interesting. Just pay attention because the story is, is interesting. Imagine they get you and you're saying, you know, you're going to come with me and you're going to be during seven nights. We're going to do this. Today, I'm going to do an interview with you and I'm going to study uh, your state of mind, evaluating positive emotions and negative emotions. How do we do that? Look, we're going to evaluate your positive emotions as um, happy, energetic, animated, relaxed, quiet, and happy. And we're going to evaluate your negative emotions like sad, depressed, and happy, hostile, resentful, angry. Other factors are going to be included, you know, I need to know your age, your sex, your race, your body mass, your educational level, your sleep, your diet, physical exercise, antibody level, and that was all, okay? I need to know all of that. So then you're going to be seven nights, we're going to put the rhinovirus, it's going to be introduced through your nose, and we're going to keep you under observation and quarantine during six days. That's a good deal. After being months in quarantine, come on, come on. Six days is nothing. You can you can handle it. Okay, so the results, they were surprising. They were amazing. People with more positive emotions, 112, they catch calls much less than people with average positive emotions, a, a 111 persons. And people with positive emotions catch calls much less than people with negative emotions, which were 110. Why did it happen? What is the biological mechanism? Well, what they did was to measure an inflammatory marker daily when these people were in the quarantine. The higher the positive emotion, the lower the interleukin-6, which was the biomarker, and therefore the lower the inflammation. The same author or the same researcher conducted the same studies with the flu virus and with the cold virus and obtained the same results. There is much more studies that you know, they, they, they do acute uh, positive emotions, exert of, uh, well, they measure, they measure basically another cells that they are related with, uh, 
with anti-inflammatory effects. Uh, I'm going to tell you one of them. Okay, it's 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 interesting. This one, they have people. Okay, mind you come with me, and uh, you and me, you're gonna start watching uh, comedy comedy videos for one hour, and you know we're gonna start measuring how uh, different biomarkers are gonna be affecting in your body. So what they found is that laughing or positive uh, comedy is not the is it was like a, a good a good effect to s- stimulate natural killer cells, which are like different mm, cells that they help you to reduce anti-inflammatory stuff. Does that mean that, you know, this is the panacea? No, absolutely no, absolutely no. But it's important because, you know, sometimes we we want to see like things on science. But now, guys, common sense is like, if you think positively, you're going to feel better. What's the problem? What's the challenge? What's the challenge? The challenge is that how the hell do I think positively? Because it's not that you say to yourself, oh, today is a great day. No, you need to think much more uh, profoundly. You need to probably do much more cognitive thinking. You need to tell your reasons and you really need to feel it after that. This is something that I will try to help you, but sometimes it's about looking at the facts or not being completely... And being very objective. You know what I was telling you sometimes at the beginning, mind, you know, you're feeling really bad. It's like try to think, try to think about, you know, imagine you wake up one day, you don't have you cannot walk. How good you you know, this is like a, a this is interesting because this is like a negative visualization, you know? And it's like on the contrary of positive thinking, like the wishy washy positive thinking, it's like how why I'm going to visualize myself negatively. That's going to make me feel bad. But well, it depends because if you visualize negatively, it's like, oh my God, I'm really grateful. Imagine I could not walk, you know, how good I go to work, how good I go to see my kids, whatever. It's common sense. But I'm going to, I'm going to summarize all of this with, uh, with a beautiful quote that I, I read once in a course that I was doing in a book they gave me. And, and it says the, the, the following thing is, it says, we can complain because the roses, the rose bushes have thorns, or we can rejoice because the thorns have roses. That was something that Abraham, Abraham Lincoln said. The value we give to things must reside in their essence. It's important, and this is part of a positive psychology. It's important to to think positively or be strong mentally when. When there's turbulences, when there is like a storm, as we were saying, a storm of frustration, of anger, that's when you really need these three psychological tools to be emotionally shielded. Flexibility, mental flexibility, gratitude, and positive, um, conscious positive thinking. Sounds good. Sounds good. Conscious positive thinking. It could be the name for a book. Uh, That's all. That's all. Please put that into the practice. How? Because remember, it's about you think, but you need to act. You need to behave. You need to do it. So start doing it. Start doing it. How can you start thinking more flexible? Grab a paper and start writing. Or have conversations with someone. Be grateful. Say, I'm grateful for this. Say thank you to someone. That's how you're going to feel. Write on a paper. Why are you grateful for? Positive thinking. 
think about uh, well this is something I told you that I will need to explain you but uh, you know think about positive things good memories for example look you have an example right now I want you to think about you know good memories you have and write them and tell to someone you know I was listening Body Motion Podcast and and he told me that uh, you know to speak about good memories and speak with someone about good memories that's it Thank you very much. This is David Corbarrutia. Please, if you enjoy this podcast, share it. Share it because, you know, I'm putting a lot of effort. I love it. And no one is following this podcast. Come on. <laughs> Some people are. Some people are. And I'm really grateful. But I'm going to keep doing it because I'm so persistent and I love it. But if you share it, that's going to be even better because uh, more people will listen it. And it's going to, I think, it's beneficial and useful. Thank you very much. I will be looking forward to publish the next episode and I hope that you enjoy. Thank you very much.